Hello everybody, it's Colin Ellis here and welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the 7th of November 2022 and I'm in London, I'm in London. It's a different accent here in the UK actually, every 80 miles um, they reckon and you know, kind of just walking through the streets of London so they got really busy and really loud in here. Um, you can really pick it up of course, so London's a fabulous kind of hot pot of... of diversity and, and nationalities and and yet you know as a as an Englishman myself I found myself walking down the street trying to pick out the, the various regional accents which you hear from town to town the Midland accent right now. Um, yes, I'm in London. I'm going to talk about uh, why your strategy is needed uh, for a vibrant culture. Um, but where am I? I am in the Monocle Cafe in London. Uh, more specifically, it's kind of in between, if you know London, it's in between Marylebone and, and Mayfair. It's a very nice part of London, I have to say. This little street that the cafe is on. It's one of those that you see actually in magazines, which I'll talk about Monocle in a minute. Um, it is one of those little streets, you're like, ooh, that looks cool, we should go there. And so I'm here, so I, why not? Uh, and I love the Monocle magazine. Uh, Monocle, it's, uh, it's, 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 I suppose you'd call it a lifestyle magazine, uh, really. They also have podcasts and a website and... I suppose it's a media brand and itself. There's a shop next door actually to go to. But but I, what I love about the magazine Monocle Magazine. This episode of Culture and Coffee is brought to you by Monocle Magazine, the lifestyle choice for busy professionals. Um, it's what I love about it. It's just full of good news stories. It's full of good news. It's, even during the pandemic, I used to love it. Kind of dropping into the the mailbox because. Um, you know, at a time of difficulty, there was just lots of good news stories about little people doing things around the world, lots of entrepreneurs and brands, and, and, and you know, it really elevates the good in workplace culture. So it has, you know, like a number of different features on um, companies and, and the things that they do around their office space. And, and but I love the fact that it's good news stories. To be perfectly honest with you, um, for those who follow me on LinkedIn, I've been doing some culture briefing videos while I've been travelling and I've been looking for good news culture stories in the media and I have to say there are very few, very few good news stories. Um, so it's great, you know, that's why I love the Monocle magazine. They have their own cafe here in London and they have their own blend of coffees uh, in four different countries. I'm just going to taste it here. That is absolutely delicious. Um, I suppose it tastes good. It's almost like rose and a little bit of dark chocolate. Anyway, that's absolutely delicious. Um, yeah, so it's their own uh, blend of coffee. So yes, um, we are in London. Seventh uh, It was it was bonfire night over the weekend. Now, if you're not British, the concept of bonfire night might be a bit alien to you. Now, I can't remember exactly. I remember being taught it in school, or maybe maybe it was mum and dad. I can't remember. So, in 1605, I remember the day, date, uh, 5th of November 1605, uh, a guy called Guy Fawkes was arrested whilst guarding a load of gunpowder um, that was meant to blow up, I think it was the House of Lords, either the House of Lords or the House of Parliament, one of those two, with the sole intention of killing the king. It was King James the First, I think, don't quote me on that. 
who was a was he Catholic? He was Catholic, and I think they, the people looking to blow him up were Protestant, or it might be the other way around. I think King James was Catholic. Anyway, uh, and so every year they celebrate the fact that he failed. And so I love the fact that every year in England we celebrate the failure of a group of people who failed to kill the king. He failed, yes. Let's burn his effigy every single year on bonfires that maim people. Um, and let's sell cheap, crappy fireworks that don't properly work. That's just <laughs> what we do here in England. Although there is a certain romance about... Uh, bonfire night, particularly if you grew up with it, it's kind of the thing that you look forward to every year, you know, like treacle toffee that pulls your fillings out and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Uh, let's talk about strategy uh, because, yeah, culture might eat strategy for breakfast, uh, but I suppose if you're a senior leader, it's your responsibility to create a substantial meal that's easy to swallow. I think just following up on that. Um, I think what strategy do. You, you, Certainly in my experience and the work that I do, you can't have a really vibrant culture if you don't have a really good strategy because your strategy provides direction. Uh, although in saying that, it only provides direction providing that the objectives and the goals uh, within it are achievable. Because at that point, what you've got something is, is, is something that people believe in. And... and, and Really, the longer the, the longer the time span of the strategy, the greater the, the gap, I suppose, between the expectation and the actual reality. You know, back in the day, we used to do like 10-year strategies. I remember being part of a senior management team. We, we came up with a 10-year strategy. That was out of date the next day. And it, it's very easy for you to kind of be listening to this and go, well, yeah, duh, of course. Every strategy is out of date the next day. But... Particularly this one, because the pace of change for technology at the time we underestimated, we didn't know. You know, as I'm recording this in 2022, you know, we've seen the the pace of change and, and we've seen the technological technological enhancements we have every single day. Although I still don't think people are properly making the tech work for them. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but back then, we, you know, we were very confident about our, you know, kind of... 10-year projections um, and and almost the next year I think it was the next year kind of the way that technology evolves meant that 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 was obsolete and of course at that point it becomes that that strategy is it it wasn't necessarily unachievable it was just achievable more quickly and so there wasn't the real belief in the strategy at that point and you know it, took, it was up to us as a senior leadership team then to go, actually, things have changed. It's up to us to change this. So, so you know, it, it, what good strategy does is it provides a kind of a plan for taking action. Uh, and it's reinforced by a, a, a sense of this is kind of who we are and what we're about. And so for me, it asks four questions. The first question is, where are we now? So as a business kind of, where do we want to compete? Where do we want to compete? What value do we add? What people, resources have we got? Uh, you know, kind of, how do we sustain performance? So, you know, it's, it's that real sense of, like, this is where we are right now. This is the start point for our strategy. That's the first question. The second question then is, well, where are we going? 
So if this is where we are right now, where are we going? And, and, and what's our vision? So crucially, what's our vision? That short, memorable statement of where the organisation wants to go. Because that vision is important because we need that to build the culture. I'll come, back, come on to that shortly. So kind of where are we going? What, what are the risks? What threats do we face? And, and, and if you're in you know, kind of the private sector, these, might, these threats might be um, competitors. They might be supply chain, especially in 2022. They may be uh, cost of living challenges for people. Uh, so yeah, what threats do we have? What opportunities do we have? So, you know, kind of when, when we look kind of outside of what we do right now, or even with inside what we do right now, where can we grow the business? How can we continue to sustain value for our customers? Or if you're working government for, for, for the general public? Uh, and what's new? What's new that's out there that, that, that we can embrace? So it's the second question, where are we going? The third question is, how will we get there? So at this stage, you're really starting to turn the strategy into something that's more action-based. Okay, so kind of, you know, what initiatives do we need to undertake? What people and capabilities do we need? Uh, what resources or assets do we need to build? How much is everything going to cost? And then the last bit is how will we know when we're there? So kind of what are the goals that we have? How are we going to measure that we've got the... How will we monitor and change the plan accordingly? So, you know, governance has a big role in, in this particular piece. You know, governance is all about making decisions and, uh, along the way. How are we going to learn from the mistakes or the failures of the past? Um, and then, you know, some basic stuff and, you know, how are we going to report, how we're going to do. And so good strategy answers all of those questions. It doesn't necessarily have to be a 500-page PowerPoint deck, right? <laughs> it just answers all of those questions. Um, but it's crucially important to have a strategy. Uh, for me, kind of if, if, if you don't have a strategy, it's very difficult to create any kind of culture to deliver the strategy. And this is what Peter Drucker meant when he said culture is strategy for breakfast, right? Um, so... But, but, but you can create bad strategy, and, and bad strategy is where you, you, you really emphasise the big, big goals, but it's really sure on the actions or the capabilities to get there. Right. So I think when, you, when you're actually constructing your strategy, what you need is to be clear on the vision. Right, you know, kind of where is it that we want to go? And this is usually activity that you can bring, you know, and people employ a person like me, to come in and help them to determine the vision. You know, it's always best when it's done a uh, whole of organisation because then you get buy into the vision. It's not just a senior management team activity. You know, you, you want to, in, when you're building a strategy, you want to involve a diverse group of appropriate people. You, when you build a strategy, you don't invite everyone to contribute, but you, you want to make sure that you've got fair and equal representation from every department, every manager. You want to give people a say in the strategy. But what you don't want to do is make it a free-for-all because then you'll never get it agreed and it will take months and months and months and months and months and months and months. But having said that, you need to create enough time to collect the information so that you can discuss it. You know, strategy isn't something that you do by the seat of your pants. It shouldn't take six months, but it shouldn't take six days either. So there is a, a nice little kind of sweet spot in the middle there where if you're, you know, for, I always say for, you know, kind of a three-month, for a three-year strategy, 
if you're, I mean, if you're doing strategy on an annual basis, which you, which you totally can do, okay, if, you've got a, if you work in a more dynamic industry, you totally can do. Um, what you want to do is you want to probably spend six to eight weeks, you know, kind of building the strategy. For a three-year strategy, you're probably going to spend about three months doing that. And the focus has got to be on the, the short and medium term, you know, kind of within that immediate horizon, because a big part of your strategy is you're going to emphasize when you're going to review your strategy and you want what we call quarterly business reviews. And quarterly business reviews, look at your strategy, look, look at your project portfolio and say, you know, are we doing the things that we need to do in order to get there? And if you're not, then that's the opportunity to course correct. Strategy is never perfect. You know, in, in the last podcast, I talked about plans and, and how they're never perfect. And well, the same is true of strategy. Um, but hopefully, if you've done enough thinking up front, uh, what you've got is something that's coherent, something that's kind of future-proofed to a degree, notwithstanding the, the kind of technology, technological impacts that kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, you, you know, a, a lot of the talk at the minute is around AI and machine learning and, and, and those kind of things. And we still don't know, you know, things like the metaverse. We still don't really know what the impact of those is going to be, but we will do in the next one to three years. But your strategy focuses on the short and medium term. And then, you know, it's really about defining how it will be delivered. Now, a big part of your strategy is how are you going to grow and evolve the culture in order to be able to deliver this. And I've talked about this in the past. Organizations spend a disproportionate amount of time defining the strategy and you know, as opposed to defining the culture. Like I said, the strategy is crucially important, right? What we don't want to do is you don't want to shortcut the process. You don't want to copy what you did last year. Or you don't want to copy your competitors. You don't want to kind of stray from the vision. You don't want to set and forget your strategy. All of those kind of things, right? But what you've got to ensure is that having defined the strategy, you reset the culture to be able to deliver it. There's still this assumption that you can just carry on regardless. And if you've got a vibrant culture, that's true to a point, but what you're really reliant upon is kind of the emotional maturity of people to make sure that they do this work themselves. And, and essentially it's about um, managers creating subcultures in order to deliver their portion of the strategy. But a big part of your strategy, there should be a piece in there around what's your strategy to develop the culture to deliver you know, kind of what you've got to do for the next three years. And, you know, I'm working with one organisation at the minute, really forward thinking, is they've just agreed a new three-year strategy and a part of that, and I helped the, the head of people and culture with the uh, culture strategy piece, and now I'm helping her to implement that. Now, not all of that work is mine, of course. There's a big learning and development programme. They're talking about um, pay, benefits you know, kind of uh, all of those conditions, none of which I'm involved in. I'm, in, I'm involved in the, the defining of the culture, bringing everybody together for a couple of days to say, strategically, this is where we're going. And, and part of the homework is for people to read the strategy on a page, which I think is awesome. Um, so they have to do that as part of their homework. And, and, and what they come in then is, is the intention to work together to define the strategy they need, uh, to define the culture they need to deliver the strategy. And that's exactly the way that you do it. Whilst recognising that managers have then got a responsibility to role model what they expect of everybody else and ensure that they're upholding the principles and the behaviours and making decisions in line with the vision. Now, I'm making it sound simple because it's really not that difficult. 
and of course it's easy for me to say that because it's my level of expertise but, but but as a manager if you create that unity behind the strategy and those commitments to each other from the start then it's just about them making sure that you hold each other to it okay and 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 at that point what you've got is you've got a cohesive agreement about what you need to do to work together to deliver the strategy right so the strategy is important because you can't as you can see hopefully you can see you can't build a culture without knowing all of those things and yet without the culture it's not possible to deliver any of it you know so my my call to action often to senior leaders is make sure you develop a really good strategy make sure that you uh, set your intention in the right way. Make sure your vision is achievable because then it's a believable. Make sure you've got a regular cycle for checking in on the strategy and making sure it's still doable. But please, 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 please don't just assume that the culture will evolve naturally to meet the challenges or the questions that the strategy poses. It won't. What you've got to do is reset expectations around the new strategy so that you've got an agreement from all employees about the way that we're going. So so whilst culture might eat strategy for breakfast, they both need to look good on the breakfast table. All right, that's your Culture and Coffee podcast for today. Look forward to talking to you soon. Ta-ra for now.